Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, part of the incomparable family of podcasts. I'm Trish Matson, And I'm David Schaub. So, today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 21, Resist. And I believe, David, you have a recap for us. Here is my super recap of the episode. Lena wakes up on the Daxamite ship and Rhea fails to get her on her onside. The Daxamites take over the DEO where Alex escapes with style. Monel fails to reason with Rhea. Rhea wants Monel and Lena to marry for reasons. Everyone meets up at the alien pub. Cadmus's Lillian Luther shows up to help, but everyone says no. From Air Force One, the President and Cat Grant fail to reason with Rhea. Rhea shoots down Air Force One. Kara saves Cat, and the President reveals her alienness by surviving. Kara introduces Cat to the DEO. The President orders Alex to blow up Rhea with the DEO's positron cannon. Rhea gets Lena and Monel to agree to marriage by being extra evil. Cat gives Kara a pep talk on love and happiness. Kara agrees to work with Lillian. At this point, the group separates. Kara, Hinshaw, and Lillian project themselves to the Daxamite ship. Cat and Wynne go to Catco, and Alex and Maggie break into the DEO. The marriage ceremony is interrupted by Cat's transmission somehow. Cat rallies National City's population to fight back. Lena and Monel break out and are rescued. Lillian betrays them, but Supergirl controls Henshaw and sends Monel down. Guardian saves Wynne and Cat, who easily recognizes him. Alex fails to save the day. Supergirl fails to reason with Rhea. And Superman shows up to punch Kara. So that's my recap. I do have some follow-up on the predictions I made in the previous episode. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. I believe I explicitly asked them not to have Rhea doing matchmaking. I am somewhat disappointed that they did not listen to me. <laughs> um, Lena does try and blame Supergirl for, for getting hurt, and Lena doesn't buy it. And I was, in fact, wrong. Superman does show up. Back to you, Trish. Okay. So, um, well, there were things that... I liked a little about the episode. There were things that uh, had me struggling a bit. There was nothing I positively hated, but anyway, let's uh, let's uh, basically just go through. Since there were so many balls being juggled in the air, I don't think we could really talk about themes as much as just go piece by piece. I think that'll work a little better. Um, so anyway. Plot and plot and more plot. Right. <laughs> Lots of plotty stuff. Um, I thought it was super creepy when uh, Lena woke up and Rhea had changed her into a black night lacy nightgown or something and was stroking her hair. That, <laughs> that was problematic right to start with. I, I had these great images from Lily from uh, Legend, where, where mm, mm -hmm. darkness has her in a, a somewhat similar, uh, horribly creepy position. <laughs> I was like, yep, that, that is extra right. creepy. And then uh, Lena, I mean, sorry, Rhea tells Lena, she really meant it about uh, admiring Lena. And she, she says, you represent the best of your race, and I'm going to make society worthy of you. And then we cut to the uh, ships and soldiers of the, of the Daxamites uh, firing on National City, blowing up buildings and killing people. And her voiceover, you know, announcement to the people of Earth, or at least National City, says, do not fear. And I uh, 
think that is very poor planning on her part. Uh, it's not like National City had cannons to shoot back with at her ship right then. They could have just hovered, uh, you know, appeared and hovered menacingly, and she could say, do not fear then. And maybe she would have convinced some people to go along with her. But no, it's all just yelling and screaming. There are a lot of aspects of Rhea's planning that I don't quite understand. But on the other hand, if she just wants to beat us into submission, that's, that, that might be her plan. It might be, but I really don't understand just invading one city in the United States and expecting to conquer the world that way. She did say later, you know, I could send my ships to Washington, D.C. So apparently... Uh, at the moment, uh, all through this episode, they're just concentrating on National City. And that is no way to take over a country, let alone a world. But meanwhile, I was also really wondering, where is the Air Force and Army in all this? Do we not have them? Do we just rely on the DEO on this world? I, I, I think they kind of cover that because the uh, Air Force comes in um, attacking with Air Force One. <laughs> that, that, that's the Air Force in the <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we have some budgeting issues uh, for how a, how a show of this scale can do a story of this scale. And I don't know if there's any way around the fact that it's just going to be presented as, well, we're going to take this one city. And if we can take this one city, then miracle happens and we'll take the rest of the world. Uh, but we never get to the – we haven't really gotten to the – we've finished taking the city. So I don't think we'll have to deal with the fact that the attack doesn't really scale very well. Well – it it certainly had me struggling to suspend my disbelief when you only had Air Force One coming with two fighter jets as an escort, and you didn't have all the other Air Force planes <laughs> attacking the ships, and no, as a way to take over the world. It just doesn't work for me. But we'll just have to let that be and move on with the plot. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So when I saw that, uh, or when we hear that... Uh, Rhea's master plan is to uh, unite the Daxamites and the Earthers in a in a in a marriage with Lena. This also gave me problems so, because so many problems. If they're supposed to, if that is supposed to give the invasion legitimacy, <laughs> many 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 people on Earth will not accept uh, uh, Lena, a Luther, as their Earth representative in this uh, union. <laughs> well, that and I don't think you generally would marry off a child for every single planet you decide to take over. Uh, and and even in this case, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. But maybe that isn't a fault of the writers. That's merely a fault of Rhea, who, who seems to get an idea in her head and uh, just runs with it. Um, as as I, is clear in this episode, lots of people try and reason with her, and uh, she has n no interest in that whatsoever. Fair enough. But I, I agree, though. The the I was really hoping to not have this marriage plot. Like I I feared last episode that boy she was really liking Lena like a daughter in law. Oh no. Um, and I was hoping they wouldn't go there, but they <laughs> went there. And I have more issues with the with the marriage aspect going forward. <laughs> do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to keep doing the plot in the order of the plot? Yeah, let's just move forward in time. Okay. Uh, moving forward to the marriage ceremony. I have problems with the ceremony, qua ceremony. I liked Lena's dress, actually. The, the red dress looks much better on her than white would, 
and red seems kind of suitable for a Daxamite wedding. You know, you want to be bold and loud. But, oh my goodness, what was that stupid tunic jacket thing that Monel was wearing. It it made no sense at all. It was it was boring and it was ugly and uh I really, you know, he looked like nothing next to Lena, which um I did like her little capelet and gloves and her tiara and I thought at first that she had a bunch of ribbons all around her neckline, but I looked later looked again later and it was some kind of uh wire frame collar thing. So, you know, it wasn't maybe quite as glamorous as the wedding dress of the potential representative of Earth, you know, in, in a galactic marriage should be. But, you know, it, it was a pretty good dress. But what was... I was really disappointed in Monel's outfit. I, I, I can simply assume that Daxamites just have Poor groom dress sense, and that that that's that's okay by me. I I had an amazing <laughs> problem. There's there were two parts of this episode, the writing of this episode, I I truly truly hated, and the end of the marriage ceremony was one of them. So and we can deal with that one first. The the trope of having the wedding going on and it getting interrupted, I just found horrible. Because it seemed to imply that whether the ceremony finished or not mattered. The the implication is it's a good thing the marriage didn't didn't actually happen because we're suggesting that this forced sham of a wedding has any legitimacy at all. And like I I, I would almost rather them to have gone through the wedding and then basically just everyone ignore it because it's meaningless and doesn't mean anything. To the, to the participants. And it was just the idea of, oh, good, it got interrupted, so they didn't get married. And it's like, I really didn't didn't like that, that sort of trope being used. I thought it was a really weird way to interrupt it, because she was about to say, I now pronounce you man and wife, or, or, or whatever the Daxamite equivalent of that phrase would be. You know, she was, she was just about there, and then the broadcast came on, and it would have taken her... I would think just five seconds or so to finish the marriage, but no, she let herself get totally distracted by Cat Grant, and I didn't care for I, that I, either. I, that bothered me as well, but I can kind of headcanon it away to suggest that this marriage was being broadcast, and maybe Cat's uh, magical taking over of the broadcast system um, actually okay. um, in- interrupted the process of this being delivered to her peep to the Daxamites or whatever. Like I can kind of headcanon away from that, but I was just so annoyed that they were doing the let's interrupt the the marriage right at the end of it that I just. Uh, but I don't think it was the worst writing failure. By the way, I attribute I attribute the interruption to Wynn's tech wizardry, not magic. But that's okay. <laughs> the line between those two is very thin. True. <laughs> Actually, let me, if you don't mind, backtrack, um, because I was confused when we first see Lena and Monel together at the same time, because Lena seemed to be totally unfazed by the fact that her girlfriend's boyfriend, known as Mike, 
turned out to be the Daxamite prince. And I don't think she had ever heard about this before, and we certainly didn't see them talking about it in this episode. I'm really wondering if there was a scene where that was addressed that just got cut out for time or something, because it seemed really weird that it didn't get addressed at all. It, it definitely felt like there was a missing scene where just for a moment they have a conversation about your who. And and it, it did really feel like that was missing. I, I was kind of okay with it because for the most part, Lena is just so cool that she's just running with it. She's coping. <laughs> she's making, we're making, making, mm-hmm. this is, this is the reality here. Okay. We'll deal with that. Uh, so I could kind of be okay with it, but yeah, it really felt like there was a missing scene there. So John was out of action for the whole episode, and I'm okay with that since they don't ever seem to be able to figure out what to do with him anyway. Um, I'm glad that at the beginning, I was at the beginning, I was glad that they at least asked where Superman was in all this, and they just said they couldn't get in contact with him. And I thought that was fine. You know, that's actually I expected him. I I was not expecting him to show up again. Uh, in this episode. Certainly not the way he did show up, but I wasn't really expecting to see him at all. But, um, so, so at the beginning, I was glad that they had given that nod to why he wasn't appearing. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, for a moment there, I thought I, w- I may have been right, but oh well. <laughs> um, and then Lillian walked into the DEO refuge, which they had taken, uh, refuge at the alien bar, as you said, and I just was, I thought that was super unclassy of her to waltz into the place where she had poisoned and killed a bunch of aliens just a few months ago, uh, and and then, uh, you know, she says, I told you so. Fair enough. She did tell people so. And then when they refused to let her work with her, she just walked out, and I was... I was appalled that they'd let her just leave instead of rearresting her. Well, there's the writing reason, because you knew this had to come back. I, I, I think they wouldn't have wanted to spend their resources dealing with her at the time, perhaps. But I agree, it does seem peculiar. And she also does give Supergirl a means of tracking her down. So maybe it didn't seem that uh, that pressing. But uh, uh, Lillian Luther can, can certainly come off as, as crass. And I, I didn't mind her showing up there but what i didn't understand is how did cadmus know that monel and lena were on the ship to begin with hmm i guess she still has spies in the deo or something like that maybe there just seemed to be a a piece of information (laughs) there and they needed it for her to connect there and they didn't have time like it, it it just felt maybe really rushed in some way but i didn't tell Mm. that there'd be any reason why she would know this. They were just taken away. An attack is going on. How could that little bit of information get out in all this noise? So I I was, I was pretty surprised. Maybe she's bugged Lena. Like that's also possible, but uh, that, that (laughs) bit confused me. And at that point we have the air force one showing up. Right. And Mm. Hey, it's Kat Grant. We haven't seen her since um, last season. I think Uh, maybe did we have any phone calls or anything from her this year? I don't believe we've had anything. And and, and at Cat Grant, I, I've missed your glorious scene-eating ways. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a little less respect for her savvy, though, given that she thought she could just talk it out. You know, uh, girl shame the two 
female leaders for acting like men, and then let's just do some negotiations. You you can't talk out an invasion fleet. What, I mean, what kind of negotiations are you going to have? Uh, okay, you Daxamites can have Alaska. <laughs> I think it's very clear in all of these episodes that everyone strongly gets the impression they can reason with Rhea. And again and again, this happens, and it never works at all. And I'd like at some point people to give up on this this reign of thing. I I, I know that it is Supergirl's way; she had to do it. But yeah, it, uh, it was I think an interesting ploy. Um, it was doomed to fail. But I have absolutely no problem watching Cat Grant try. <laughs> okay. And 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 when I first started watching Supergirl, I was amazed how much I thought Cat Grant carried the show. Uh, this part of the second season that's bothered me is, is I think mis- losing Cat Grant was uh, a very unfortunate thing for the show. And it was, it was just great to have her back. And mm-hmm. everything that comes out of her mouth is just wonderful in a way. <laughs> oh, sure. She's definitely fun to watch. I'm just not entirely happy with how she was deployed. But, you know, she, she was Cat being Cat and, and that's okay. So uh, we were on Air Force One and it got shot down and uh, then uh, everyone, well, everyone in the DEO finds out that the president is actually an alien, an alien shapeshifter. And I'm a bit disturbed that nobody in the DEO questioned her legitimacy. They don't know when this shapeshifter took this shape. You know, for all they know, the real president was killed and, and, you know, buried somewhere, and this person just took it over. Or, you know, at the very least, she was telling lies <laughs> when she ran for president because she was not uh, an American citizen. <laughs> yes, there, there's one thing the writers could have done that would have made this work a lot. I think they tried to build a backstory. Like, they gave the strong implication that when Kat knew her years and years ago, she was an alien. Like, that, they covered that. So that gives the strong implication that whilst you might be a shapeshifter, the person that was elected was the alien. And I, I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt there. I think they set it up to make that clear. But why? And I admit, as a Canadian, I don't know all of U.S. laws. Why didn't? They have her as a second generation. Why didn't they have her parents be the refugees, refugee aliens, coming into the States and her being born in the U.S.? Because there's this this gaping hole of, my understanding is, it invalidates, inv- that would invalidate her presidency as she's not natural born. It absolutely does. And they could does. have had her be natural born. Nothing was stopping that. The writers just had to say... The the writers mm-hmm. just had to say that this is what my parents went through when they came here before giving birth to me in this country, which you could hand wave legitimacy to her presidency. Sure, she's not human, but she's born there. Maybe we can say she's an American. I, I'll give that. But why right. did the writers make her the refugee? And I just don't understand what they were doing there. It just seemed like a, such a small change to make that would have held things together better. Yes, and it made it all the more pro- problematic that no one in the DEO said, maybe we should be not taking orders from you anymore because of your not actually being a legit president. Nobody bothered with that. I, I mean, I know that DEO does not exactly sweat constitutional issues, certainly not <laughs> civil rights, but... <laughs> uh, 
that bothered me. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, they, they, they just hand waved it away. It could have been done better. I don't know. It just is one, one little script editor, I think, could have, could have solved some of my problems with that. Cause I, I like the idea that the U.S. president is legitimate and an alien. I think that is an awesome idea. That would have been much and more it, interesting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, that one's hard. That one, that one, that one bugged me as much as the marriage. And so I think the next scene was the uh, Lena being extra extra evil. Not Lena, sorry, Rhea being extra extra evil. Yes, of course. The, the Monel and Lena both say, "No, we're not getting married. Are you crazy?" And uh, Rhea says, "Well, actually, I don't need you to protect pro- to produce the next heir." Um, and I guess uh, if she did that, then she could raise the heir by herself with her own masterly, motherly instincts without interference from a soft-hearted husband or anything. So uh, the next one, I'm sure the grandchild would be perfect. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even sure what the right evil term is for forcibly uh, for forcibly stealing genetic material from two people to produce a child. Like there, there probably isn't a word for that evil act, but I do not know what it is. I can't think of a word, but it's definitely evil. What I didn't understand here is, well, all of this stuff was about Rhea seeming to want her son around. Whenever she seems to get her son around, all she wants to do is throw him in a jail and let him rot forever. And I've never quite, so I never quite understand what Rhea wants. I actually have not had a problem with that as a character acting like a character. I, I, I've never found that inconsistent with, uh, with Rhea's general outlook on life, you know, she says she cherishes uh, Monel, but of course she wants to control him because she wants to control everything. And so that didn't really, you know, surprise me. I suppose. Okay, so moving on, Supergirl and Alex talk about whether it's okay to use to use the cannon. Supergirl says, what if Maggie was aboard? And Alex says, well, she'd, she'd use it even if Maggie was aboard. Maggie would think that would be the right thing to do. Supergirl kind of wanders off and finds Cat sitting by the dumpsters to look at the stars, which seems very uncat-like, at least sitting by the dumpsters did. <laughs> and Cat tells us that she's been off in Bhutan, living in a year, and realizing that people don't need things, they need each other. And I wrote down here that yes, I do not trust this show to give me an accurate representation of Bhutan. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Cat says is nice, but okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's a good, it's an okay pep talk other than that. <laughs> yeah, I I I didn't feel it really. I mean, it's it's a nice sentiment and it kind of explains where Cat was for all this time, but I I didn't feel that speech. Anyway, uh Supergirl takes from that that she should go ahead and uh, go with her heart and rendezvous with Lillian and Cyborg Superman and get onto the spaceship. And so they do. I like the one line there where uh, Lillian notes that when Lena finally hears about Kara's secret and that she's been lying to her, that Lena will hate her. And really, at this point, I don't buy it. I think Lena has shown that uh, she's she's going to deal with things reasonably and rationally. And I, I actually don't think that will be a huge problem when we eventually come to, come to that. I'm hoping you're right, but I can see why Lillian would think that. 
I think Lillian doesn't understand her own daughter well enough. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, meanwhile, while they are going to the ship, Kat gets Wynne to help her make a distraction, which is the broadcast. But before we get to that point, amusingly, Kat gets to her office and is super upset uh, that there are free weights in her office and that James has made changes to her office and it doesn't feel like her office anymore. How can, how can this be? Um, and she asks, and where is James Olson? This is the biggest city in the history of the world, which of course is a complaint a lot of us have had about James Olson, <laughs> about why he's not at CatCo doing his job more often. When uh, says that James is just hiding like a coward, and so is Kira. And I find this unconvincing, but it was funny. (laughs) I I, I recorded those lines exactly, and they were hilarious. I also quite liked that (laughs) Kat makes absolutely no reference to the fact that Kako looks like it's been hit by a bomb and is falling apart. She doesn't care about that in the slightest. (laughs) The free weights in her office piss her off. She just cares about her office. (laughs) I also quite like the line afterwards where Wynn asks if Kat is ready for the broadcast and and Kat responds, oh, Winslow, I'm always ready. (laughs) Yes. And then she gives a a pretty good speech. Uh, She does. And and of course, I was struck by uh, this line from Kat uh, about the invaders. They promise to make our world great again, and yet they know nothing about what makes this world great. (laughs) I, th- I think the writers are possibly showing their colors a bit. Yes, pretty <laughs> obvious hammer, but fun to hear. Yes, they, they are flying their flag pretty hard there, but that's okay. You know, it was a good point, the point that uh, needed to be made. So uh, so anyway, Kat says we need to band together, and this all proves a, a certainly sufficient distraction to interrupt the ceremony, although that isn't what the people on the ground knew that they were doing, interrupting a marriage ceremony. They just wanted to make a distraction for the people getting onto the ship. I'm I, I, a little concerned with how many um, civilians Kat gets killed in this process, but I, I can't say that she did the wrong thing there. What I find most exciting about the scene was, boy, if James only did his job anywhere near as well, like <laughs> you, this is this is what he could have been doing mm-hmm. instead of Guardian. Yeah, you know, I have to wonder how much the stock has plunged since since uh, Cat has handed over Catco to James. Oh, maybe it's not a publicly held company. Maybe she just owns it. I don't know. Anyway. So Lillian and Supergirl are on the ship. Lillian says, it's a shame your politics are so intractable. Supergirl says, I thought it was my alien genetics that were so objectionable. And Lillian says, just take the compliment. I enjoyed that little (laughs) interchange. A a lot of the small bits of writing were very good in this show. (laughs) Yes, yes. I liked a lot of the individual lines. I just had problems with some of the logic. I also vote that we entirely drop the name Cyborg Superman and just go with (laughs) R2-D2. Well, that's an insult to R2-D2, but... (laughs) It it is. It is. I can see your point. (laughs) Cyborg Superman is not a good name at all, but uh, oh well. So anyway, Monel and Lena escape their guards. Uh, Lena uses her tiara to hack the elevator. That was pretty awesome. 
Um, and then uh, Lena is just thrilled that Lillian came to rescue her. And Lillian, of course, as was inevitable, betrays Superman and Monel and leaves them aboard the ship to just beam down herself and uh, and Lena and R two D two. The inevitable betrayal occurred. Yes, yes. I I wrote down a line here, and I just I just want to say this line just to make sure I understand that I don't understand it. Kara says, Wayne bugged Henshaw and rigged a remote so I could beam us back if she double-crossed us. What does that mean? When did Wynne do this? How did Wynne do this? She's a little black box and now can control R2-D2 remotely. What? I... It was... Was there a basis for them doing that earlier in the previous, uh, earlier in the season? I don't know. I just, I was, I, I was amazed at that. I think like have a remote control for the projector or something. There was a moment earlier in the show that seemed fairly inexplicable when Wynn came up to Cyborg Superman and slapped him on the back affably, it seemed. Oh, that was the and scene. And then, of course... Cyber Superman twisted his arm and made him hurt. So that's, you know, maybe that would make sense for why when touched the creepy super soldier guy. <laughs> but that's a, that says when. We know, we know when. We don't know how. <laughs> I thought that was bizarre. Just, just you know, just science babble. <laughs> yep. And wave him and move on. <laughs> okay, so then... Uh, uh, Supergirl, as you say, has a backup way to get down, and somehow she convinces Monel to let her have one more try at talking Rhea into surrendering, not just leaving, but surrendering. And Monel says it won't work, but somehow he lets her talk her talk him into going back down, and. Uh, I mean, he couldn't have forced her to come back down with her, but he should have stayed up there. I, I, I respect that he knows he's not as powerful as she is. She's Supergirl. What Supergirl wants, Supergirl gets. I, I, I think there's there's some reason there, but because it's his mother, I would agree that that just seems a little bizarre that uh, he was okay with that. I don't know if he really had a choice in the matter. Um, regarding her controlling it. So uh, it, it's possible he really just didn't have much of an option and he was uh, uh, beamed away without choice. Oh, I, I, I agree he couldn't have stopped her from staying up there, but I think he could have refused to let her go off by herself. And maybe if he'd said, no, I'm staying up with here, here with you if you're staying, maybe that would have made her rethink her her plan to talk sense into Rhea. <laughs> okay, so so anyway, she does uh, go talk to Rhea, and Rhea, of course, doesn't care what she says. Alex hesitates and hesitates and hesitates to fire the positron cannon, and so, of course, the positron cannon that, you know, had deployed so visibly from the top of the DEO gets destroyed. Um, yet another thing you know she she should have fired it and she should be fired <laughs> um but i often say that about deo people <laughs> <laughs> i have a list here of the four failures so far that that the deo and everyone could have stopped this invasion so they could have let monel being taken away 
the vac- this invasion wouldn't have happened. Kara could have talked to Lena about Rhea earlier. That could have stopped the invasion. Monel could have shot Rhea. That would have stopped the invasion. Rhea could have shot down. Alex could have shot down the ship. That would have stopped the invasion. The DEO does not have a good track record here. <laughs> it sure does not. Nope. It does not give me confidence in our secret government agencies <laughs> oh. or their judgment. <laughs> what else? So, um, oh, just just for a moment, going back to the fight going down on Earth, Ray had sent a hit squad to kill Lena. I mean, uh, sorry, to kill Cat uh, for interrupting the marriage cer- ceremony and and irritating her. Um, and so uh, Katko is getting shot up and Guardian comes and all by himself manages to deter this uh, pro-hit squad, which I find terribly unconvincing. And uh, Katko instantly spots him for who he is as she says, oh, honey, I can see your eyes right through the slit. <laughs> I I could kind of... I quite liked the last bit of the scene, and I kind of can cope with the space asthma attack of winds, uh, basically <laughs> shooting uh, iron at these people. I, I have to ask a little bit is, why do the Daxamites want to take over a planet that is predominantly covered in iron? Right. Uh, they're, they're, lead is what they're allergic to, but there's a whole lot oh, of lead in all the cities yeah. on Earth. So, so yeah, that's, um, uh, but, you know, I guess they're going to level the cities and build them up. But I, it wasn't a bad idea as using their kryptonite on them to level the playing field. I, I, I think it made the fight with mm-hmm. Guardian moderately acceptable, if not all that okay. well edited. Uh, but I, I really liked uh, <laughs> Grant instantly seeing, uh, uh, seeing that it was James, mainly because I personally hold the belief that ever since first season, Kat entirely knows that Kara is Supergirl. <laughs> I'm going to hold the belief that she entirely knows. I think you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she let herself be talked out of confronting uh, uh, Kira, as she says, when uh, when presented with a plausible alternative, i.e., you know... Um, uh, Jean Jones showing up in the guise of Supergirl and and uh, Kara being around at the same time. So she let herself be talked out of pursuing that confrontation, but I think she I think she knew all along. I think so too. <sighs> okay, so at the very end of the episode, Kara is still trying to talk sense into Rhea, and then all of a sudden, uh, she hears this whoosh behind her, and she gets punched. And it turns out that Superman was hitting Supergirl. End of the episode. I think it is also strongly implied that it is Superman's heat vision that takes out the cannon. Oh, okay. I, you know, I saw like a red ray hit the cannon, but I didn't think about what it was. That, that, that'd be my assumption. It may not matter. So that's, do you want to say anything more about the episode before we start speculating on what happens next week? <laughs> no, I, I think most of our, my previous speculations hold, but uh, let's just jump to that, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. So in the, when I watched it uh, 
and they did the next week. They, you know, had a lot of fast clips, so I didn't see everything that was going on. But certainly Superman and Kara were fighting, and then uh, later Lena and Kara were fighting. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, uh, has Lena somehow hypnotized Superman or something? Or does he genuinely, uh, he, he certainly can't want the Daxamites to conquer Earth. So is he under some kind of mind control? What do you think? I, I find it a bit strange that the finale of both seasons is everyone getting mind controlled, including Superman. Um, and I would, mm. I'd be tempted to think that maybe even the same, uh, similar technology is being used in this case, but it just, it just seemed bizarre to me that they, it, I, the feeling is that it's under mind control, but that really is sort of the same well that they went to for the end of the last season. So I, I, it seemed like an odd choice, but I, I can't imagine this is anything other than, um, some type of mind control mechanism, but I, but I don't know if we have any basis for it other than the previous season. So it, it seems strange to me my 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 guess still holds mm -hmm. as to how the how how it will end with Rhea dying and Lonel having to go back and create a more pleasant new Daxon but yeah i i, I don't <laughs> quite understand why we seem to be going back to mind control i think it is really superman though right uh with what you said about the heat vision i don't think it's some some Rhea creation pretending to be superman right i would assume it is superman but at least we have a basis for mind control being used in the show. We don't have uh, if Cyborg Superman is the closest they can get to reproducing him. Um, and it's certainly not mm -hmm. a bizarro Superman. Uh, I, I, I would assume it is the real Superman. <laughs> and we'll just see how it plays out. Okay. So, um, so we saw we had a lot of notes that were hit in the episode. Um, we, we saw Cat again. Uh, they've brought back Superman for the finale. And so, so that's all fun. It looks like I think they're going to wrap up most of the plot threads next week. Um, uh, somehow the invasion will probably get turned away. Um, but, uh, I don't know whether Lena will, will figure out Supergirl's secret uh next episode or if they'll save that for next year i i expect that lena will find out because they sort of set that up with lillian um in this episode and i think they wouldn't mm -hmm. have bothered doing that if they weren't going to do the reveal in the next episode and and i'll i'll still hold to my belief that i think uh lena can cope with this but time will tell i i i hope that they finally really sort out what they're going to do with James. And we'll see also if we do lose Monel. It implies there's a lot of chairs being moved around. And I don't know what the whether there are plans or rumors of uh, what the third season would look like. I expect we'll have a long conversation about that next episode. Yes, I uh Monel has really grown on me. I like him. I like his current relationship with uh Kara. Um, but logically it seems like I you know, my prediction is that Rhea will die and Monel will go off to lead his people someplace else. Yeah, so it might it might be a big change and I, I, I'll hold up hope. I doubt I'll get it, but I'll hold out hope that we get Kat back. 
Yes, for 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 real world reasons, I think that's unlikely. But it it, it certainly was fun seeing her again this time. Exactly. So <laughs> next week, uh, the episode is the finale of the season, uh, and the episode title is. Nevertheless, she persisted with the Berlantiverse writers continuing to wear their hearts on their sleeves. <laughs> um, but a good episode title, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely looking forward to the finale, and uh, uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about after that. And, and I expect a larger group of us will want to talk about that one. Yes, yes, hopefully that'll work out with the scheduling. Um, so, anyway, uh, I'd like to thank you, of course, for talking with me today about the show. And I'd like to thank Seth Heasley, our excellent audio editor. And, as always, I would like to thank the listeners, the fans, for uh, uh, hearing our opinions about what's been going on in the show. And uh, talk to you later. Yeah, thanks for having us. Talk to you later.